and focus and timing. These are the components needed to reach goals and you develop this power through motivation and discipline over time. You'll find this on Jim Bouchard's uh, America's Powervational Speaker and you'll find it all on the website but what better than to talk to the gentleman himself. So, first of all, a very warm welcome to Jim Bouchard to the show. How are you, Jim? Great, Vince. Thank you so much. We were talking about music before, and I forgot to mention, I, I love Dolly Parton an awful lot. <laughs> I can't get through to her yet. Um, I, keep, I keep trying these people, but, you know, the, the difficulty is when they're touring, it, uh, it's more right. difficult to get hold of them, you know. Well, I don't know if she'll remember me, but I did play with her once, and, and I'll tell you what, I'll give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I, 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 listen, I'll drop a name, you never know. <laughs> now, look, Jim, I, I'm very, very keen to speak with you because um, I, I did go through a period of my life when I, I read so many books that um, when you sent me the email, the first thing I thought was, wow, this is uh, interesting. And then the second thing is when I downloaded the book and read it, so many things are things that I've either been uh, involved with or believe in, and it, you put them all together in a real great package. So... Um, can I ask you first, which came first, your motivation to do what you do, or was it your Kung Fu and martial arts training? Which way did you go? Oh, right. No, everything that I talk about or that I write about in the book comes, uh, well, most of it comes from my life as a martial artist. I started the martial arts actually to, to gain more self-confidence and, well, you know what, maybe self-valuation is a better word. Yeah. Because I didn't have a sense of value or, se or self-worth. I know self-confidence, uh, you know, the confidence part really comes from facing challenges and, you know, trying to succeed through those challenges. And I don't always mean success, uh, you know, the standard operational value of success might be uh, to make a lot of money or, or something like that. And that's not it at all. Each of us define our own personal vision of success and happiness. But I do know that in order to achieve that, in order to feel a sense of success or fulfill, fulfillment, you do need to get out there and face the challenges. And, you know, you're going to win once in a while. Uh, successful people do fail much of the time, but that's because they're out there trying. Now, uh, a, a continuous theme throughout uh, your book is the fact that, uh, really, you don't have this particular goal. It's a process that you'll go through all your life. Right. of trying to make yourself better and obviously do that through obviously the experiences that come with it but also with your own efforts to self-educate well you know that's it it's, it's funny because uh, you know in the speaking world uh, a lot of times I'm up against people that are MBAs and PhDs and all this and that, that's all wonderful they're fantastic people but I don't have any of those credentials my degree is a fifth degree in martial arts <laughs> so you know, when you look at that, can you educate yourself? Oh, absolutely. I mean, these days, why not? There's so much available to us uh, in the form of websites on the Internet, books, videos, to go and see speakers. Uh, and plus, there's lessons. You know, I, I know you're so into music, and, and there's so many great philosophical lessons in the music that we see, in the movies that we, that we watch. But it is important to pick, you know, pick the media that's going to be constructive to our lives. Uh, and then, you know, it, it's really our own responsibility, whether you attend a formal uh, training or a formal school or college or whatever, or you educate yourself, 
it's still the student's responsibility really to learn, isn't it? Well, I think you're right. And you see, I took a decision halfway through my life to go back to school. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was working with uh, people that were a lot younger than I was. And, of course, it makes you then realize how the world's changing. And you've got, oh, to, yeah. you've got to change and adapt with it, haven't you? Well, you know, and that's always a neat experience, too, because, uh, you know, when, we, when you're thrown into that type of a, of a paradigm, the younger people obviously can draw from your experience and your wisdom. And, you know, if we go back to a class later in life, and I enjoy that myself, then we draw on the energy of the younger people. It's an awful lot of mm. fun. I'll tell you what I did find, actually, um, when I went to the college, ha having worked for quite a long number of years, what I did find was when I sat and listened to my first couple of lectures, I realized just how ordinary the lecturers were and how limited in some of the things they were saying, oh, that's too bad. you know, was, was their experience as opposed to what I'd actually seen and witnessed and been part of. Oh, sure, oh, sure. Your life experience, obviously, is, is much more valuable than any experience. You know, and, and it's not to diminish what we can get from, from books, especially from, from people that, uh, you know, are, are no longer with us and they, they're still sharing their ideas through the books that they've left behind and, or, and the art they've produced, but uh, certainly, you know, the school of hard knocks is really the most valuable degree, isn't it? Well, it, it is, and of course, the, the, the ultimate thing that seems to... You, you, at a time when you've got your strength, right. you have this idea, it, it's not necessarily that you want to use it, because we're talking power, which of course is your theme, Right. You have the power where you can get hold of somebody and you can uh, give them a nice throw and, and, you know, feel confident with it. But, of course, as you're going through life, you're going to lose that power. Well, you know what's interesting, too? A lot of, a lot of folks have a mis uh, misperception about the martial arts. It's a skill. And certainly one of the greatest gifts that the martial arts can give somebody, if they're open to it, is the idea uh, of humility. Because, you know, frankly, sometimes, you know, uh, someone will meet me and they'll tease me a little bit and they'll say, oh, you can take this guy. And I, and I have to be honest. I say, I don't know. I don't know the other person's skills. I don't know how motivated the other person is to, to do me harm, whatever the case may be. What it does, um, because the process of learning that skill in the martial arts is, is a process of facing challenges, doing things that we're not necessarily comfortable with, things that are physically, mentally, and spiritually difficult, and we overcome that, and that's the process of really perfecting ourselves. And to me, perfection isn't a destination at all. It's a, it's a never-ending process, and it can be an awful lot of fun. It really can unlock a lot of joy in our lives, and that's, that's really what it's all about. So it's not really about, like I said, the physical prowess of it, um, because, you know, that's, that's an illusion. I mean, I don't know, you know, what... what my opponent is going to bring to the table at any given time, right? But I do know that I've developed the courage to face up to that difficulty. That's really what martial arts is about, and that's what I'm trying to translate uh, through, you know, through dynamic components of personal power so people can apply it in real life, in business or in personal life, whether or not they're martial artists or not, right? Well, I, I did get that feeling, and of course, um, having come from that sort of a background myself, I, it, was, it was very encouraging to see through your reading some of the things that I myself had uh, experienced, and obviously, um, then I became a little bit more interested in the, in the, the uh, triangles that you're using. Oh, sure. C could you go over, um, well, let's go for the, the, the basis, the, the bottom triangle first. Okay, well, the, the original triangle is the energy triangle, and that speaks to the source of human, human energy. And remember, when we're talking about power, we're talking about a person's ability or capacity to perform or act effectively. So really, power is your capacity 
to do what it's going to take to get where you want to go. Uh, so once you construct your vision of success and happiness, and of course that's, that changes, I think, for most of us as we go through life. Yes. And that's a natural process. But you need a source of that energy. And so the energy triangle may, is made up of the components of body, mind, and spirit. Now these three areas of our life need to be cultivated and nourished in order to produce or uh, in order to access the energy that's abundant all around us. And I know that word abundance is thrown around an awful lot these days. But really, there's no shortage of energy. The shortage is our capacity to tap into it. The next triangle is Kung Fu Triangle. And I mean, did you study martial arts as well? I did, yes. yes. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So you understand that word, Kung Fu. Uh, well, exactly, because, because, you know, this is why I got so interested. Because, mm -hmm. you know, having worked with uh, many Japanese people who right. obviously had... Uh, great, great auras about them, and people. Mm -hmm. I remember we we had a, a, one particular guy, Masatori Otani, who was a mm -hmm. eight dan judo. He, he he was such a diminutive man, but he used to go around the the fairgrounds taking people on, uh, you, you know, in bouts. There you go. Uh, it, and like it was amazing, and and to meet this man and yeah. to be part of it, just be in his presence was wonderful. Well, that presence, that aura you're talking about, really comes from the three components of. The Kung Fu Triangle. And see, the, originally what I was trying to do was I, I set out to write a book for martial artists just about developing power for their technique. And very early in the process, I realized that the same components worked, in, like I said, in real life, in business, what, however you'd like to apply it. Well, these three components in the Kung Fu Triangle are motivation and discipline applied over time. And that's the really tricky one. I mean, a lot of folks are fairly well-motivated or disciplined, although we do work with a lot of people to develop those skills as well. But to apply those over time, that's when, that's when you develop that mastery, and I think that's what people perceive as that aura that you're talking about, right? Yes. And it, it, there's no substitute for that time. The third triangle is the power triangle, and that's how we put it all together and apply it. And those three components are balance, focus, and timing. Probably easiest ones to label and talk about probably the most difficult ones to develop, uh, particularly timing. Uh, and I talk about balance. A lot of folks like to use the word harmony, and that's fine, but as a fighter, we don't usually go in the rig and we say we're going to harmonize with the opponent, right? <laughs> so, yeah, he's trying to harmonize my nose. That's how I got so pretty. But at any rate, uh, we talk about balance just because the balance is dynamic. It's a constant state of flow, but it's to have my feet under me, to, have, to be grounded then to apply the power that we've cultivated through, you know, accuracy and proper technique that speaks to focus and the timing part. Wow, you know, have you ever had a great, wonderful idea and it just wasn't the right time for it? <laughs> I just, absolutely. <laughs> and then, you know, conversely, you do have other things that you know the time is right. There you go. And you have to go and work with it, don't you? Oh, sure. And sometimes there's, you know, there's a, a component I should probably uh, write an entire book about, the idea of courage, yes. you know. And courage, I think a lot of folks confuse courage with the absence of fear. Well, that, I, I don't know. To me, the absence of fear is stupidity, not courage. And courage really is the ability or your capacity to, to face those fears and act in, in, in spite of them. And so in order to really do what you're talking about now, to, you know, uh, to really exploit the right time or the right place, you've got to have courage because sometimes it doesn't always look like it's going to go your way, does it? No. 
And it's quite funny, actually, because relating back to the martial arts for a minute, mm -hmm. uh, we had uh, a couple of people who used to love doing the kata. Always, you know, they, right. wouldn't, they wouldn't come and scrap. They'd always turn up and they'd, they'd want to do a kata, which, sure. um, for those that maybe have not, not, not either done this or seen it, it's, a, it's like a series of uh, predestined uh, movements which is, is in harmony when it's done well, and you work down a line of Carter, which it's a lovely, beautiful thing if you do it properly. But I was at a time when, quite honestly, like a lot of young books, all we ever thought was if you, if you uh, only wanted to do Carter, it was because you, you're not up to fighting, really. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> and of course, you eventually, you have to learn that that's not what it's about. It's the control of your power, isn't it? Right, well, exactly. You know, it's funny because when I started in the arts, uh, as I said before, I'm pretty honest about this because it's part of the journey that I got into it because of a lack of, of that sense of power or self-worth. And early in the process, though, I, I really started to realize because I was able to fight or I was becoming able to fight, I really liked it. So maybe like yourself, I wanted, you know, I wanted to do the sparring. I wanted to get into the matches. I eventually became a boxer for a little while. I really enjoyed that. And kata wasn't one of my favorite things. Now, kata really means, it's translated directly as correct behavior, or we, we translate in martial arts more as correct movement. So it's a process of perfection. Now, at that time, I remember asking my master because, I, you know, I was, I was getting in matches, and I was doing okay, but I really wasn't getting all the way through the tournament. Uh, I wasn't winning the trophies. So he said, go back and do your kata. He said, just take a couple months and do kata. Well, he's absolutely right. I went back and I, I you know, well, I, I scrapped with him a little bit, but then I trusted him and said, I'll do that. And sure enough, after about three months of focusing on the kata, I went back and for a little while I really couldn't lose, you know. And I have to credit it to going back, reassessing the basic movements, the basic elements, and there it is, basic, 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 right? Yeah. And again, that applies. That's why you don't need to be a martial artist to apply dynamic components. Uh, this works in real life. I mean, who couldn't benefit from that? Anything that we want to do, when we break it down to its basic elements and we concentrate on, on those elements, that's really where success, you know, lives. I mean, uh, the complex stuff is just made up of ser a long series of smaller simpler movements. No. Yeah. Well, in, in fact, uh, to, to, to give another example, I. Uh, met a couple of guys who were ballet dancers and mm -hmm. uh, you, you know I, I came from a background which was only very very macho always it was uh, fighting and uh, rugby and, sure, uh, and yeah. you know and when these guys actually do what they do and you can actually see how much they can uh, perfect how strong they are in for example their Achilles heel um, and, and the, the energy and the strength that they have in what their discipline is right. and of course you you know, there has been this misconception in the past that uh, this is for, you know, not real men sort of thing. Ridiculous, absolutely, when you look oh, at yeah. the strength and the power and the control and focus they have. Well, you know, I'm reminded, uh, I was just in New York a couple of weeks ago, and they've put this on the stage. It's, it's a wonderful movie, Billy Elliot. Yes, yes. And, you know, that, that, that talks on a lot of levels about what you're saying. Uh, not only did he have to have the, the stamina and the courage and, and the physical drive to learn his skill in the ballet, but uh, he, he also faced the ridicule, right, because of what you're saying. He, yeah. His dad sent him to the boxing club, yes. <laughs> and he came back with the slippers, right? Yeah. 
Well, that's bound to get a kid a few knocks, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I also read with great interest that you're talking about, you know, what you do with the power once you have power. Now, uh, I have, for example, worked with uh, people who have been karate experts on, right. on doors and nightclubs. And sure, they've, sure. They've lain in wait for drunks so they can practice the techniques on them. <laughs> you know, which... It, it, it really is exactly as you outlined in your book, a total and utter abuse of the power they have. Well, you know, it's funny. I think that's a process we all, or a lot of us go through, especially when we're younger, because uh, we want to test ourselves, right? Uh, and I have to say, and I'm going to speak from personal experience, because not everybody, I'm sure, uh, feels exactly the same way. But for myself and for many people that I've met since then, uh, since I started, when we, go, when we put ourselves in that kind of situation, we're testing ourselves because we're still feeling weak, you see. So we've got to go out and we've got to find some challenge that's going to make us feel a little bit more powerful. And in that case, certainly <laughs> picking on some drunk folks that really are not going to be effective fighters, although you never know. Yes. Um, that's, that's one of the ways to go through that process. But you're right, it's not the best way. It's just that some of us have to look through that. You know, the old stories of the, of the warrior monks where... They would be in the temple and be preaching about peace and all that, and then their students would find out, you know, they, the master would disappear for a few weeks. Yeah. And the, the students, uh, I should preface the story a little, but sometimes the students would come in and they'd say, Master, there's a, there's a battle going on. We should be involved in the battle. The master would say, no, we're, we're practicing peace. You stay home. Well, then the master would disappear for a couple of weeks and come back, and the, and the students would wonder, where did, where did he go? Well, that's where he was, you see. <laughs> so it's that constant process of testing but hopefully at some point you develop enough uh enough inner strength and inner peace to say you know i don't need to test myself in that manner yes if the test comes and it's legitimate if your life is threatened or someone else's life is threatened then you hope too that you have the courage because i think a big problem i know a big problem in america and i'm sure in a lot of the, the rest of the world as well uh because as as abundance grows particularly material abundance people start taking things for granted and they become more and more hesitant to stand up for what's right particularly when someone else is threatened you see yes to be able to at least stand up and say that's wrong and that's something we really have to pay attention to and teach our young people and in the states that's really become a huge issue i think we've um, spotted that certainly uh, as uh, part of the things that the uk needs to address but you see there are many of us now who have said no we've had enough of this in right, fact, right. this is really probably we've come to a, a point where we can use what little power of our own destiny we, we have to say we don't like what's going on and we've come and found somewhere else where we can live and maybe work and, and do things in uh, the way that we would prefer things to happen. Well, that's true. And we also have to appreciate the other person's perspective. You know, it's, and it's not that you need to agree with it. Uh, and you may even have to fight the other person. But still, the idea of compassion underlying the martial arts, a lot of folks don't understand this, is the idea that we're always looking, at, you know, to take a life to make it in its extreme form is always a regretful process because a life can never be replaced, you see. Yeah. So to approach any type of conflict or, or fight, uh, one needs to have that appreciation, that respect, uh, the compassion that that's another human being. And our ideas may be in such uh, opposition that we do have to do combat but we can still respect one another, and that's where peace is established afterwards. Uh, that's one of the great teachings of Sun Tzu in the, in the Art of War. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks don't realize that there's an awful lot in that book about uh, you know, 
developing relationships with your enemy and trying to resolve conflict, not just about fighting, although there's some good tactical advice. <laughs> well, it, it's, just, it's just a shame, Jim, really, that we don't all go to the same sort of experience, because right. sometimes you can be working with people who don't really understand what you're about. And as you say, it's this business of you've got power, but you've got to use it in a way that everybody can respect each other and all move forward to um, a better enjoyment of life. Well, sure, because, you know, one of the, one of the bad... Uh, one of the bad reputations that people get when they're developing power is that somehow they're going to use that to exploit others. Well, that's not what power is. Remember, we defined it as your ability or capacity to perform or act effectively. That's what power really is. So how can that be good or evil? Our intention and our application of power can be good or evil, right? But the power itself, no. So when you develop yourself, really when you're developing yourself, and this is why you know the message that I really want to share is that the least selfish thing you can do is perfect yourself. The more you develop yourself, you become a more valuable resource to the people around you. You become a more valuable resource to yourself. And by sharing that, that's the important part, two, two very important parts of the process. We have to constantly remind ourselves and express gratitude. And then we have to share that, that abundance that we're developing, you see. And the more that we share with one another, then I think that people come to a stronger resolution with one another. They start to see that, you know, the differences make us interesting. Yeah, I, I will be a contrarian here where sometimes people say, oh, our differences make us stronger. No, I, I don't believe that. Our differences make us interesting. Our ability to share and get along with one another in the face of those differences is really what makes us stronger. Yeah, I, I t totally agree with that. Jim, the world has got a recession. I think that uh, most people will probably know by now that it's, um, you know, it is difficult for all countries. Right. Um, I'm looking at the fact that you've been on so many radio shows that obviously um, people must be looking at how do you motivate yourself when you know that, uh, you know, uh, things that are not in your power are, yeah. are, are sort of working in ways that we'd prefer them not to work. Exactly. Well, you know, we can, we can always, we have two choices. We can sit and we can look at all the, all the things that are happening that are outside of our control. Or, and again, back to that process of gratitude, I can reassess what I can control, what I do have. Looking at the have rather than the have not, right? Yeah. And, you know, when I say this, sometimes folks look at me these days, especially if I'm speaking or they see me on television and I've got the nice suit on and, and they look at me, the perception is of a successful person, at least I hope so. But you know what? There's been many times in my life when I've been literally on the street. And having had that experience, which now I consider to be a, a real blessing, I, I, can, I can tell people that even in those moments, if you really take stock of what you have, and two things that nobody can ever take away are your talents and your abilities, you see. Yes. And thankfully, I think many of the people that are listening to this program uh, live in a culture or society where you can express your talents and abilities reasonably without restriction, providing we're not infringing on other people's rights. But, you know, to express those talents and abilities and to be able to take those, and then, you know, in the reality of it, if we're talking about a recession, we've got to talk about finance. And the reality, and reality says this, those talents and abilities are worth something to other people. You see, and that's a wonderful and fair exchange. As long as I can share my, tal my talents and abilities freely, and you can as well, then we can have an exchange and we can start to move forward. So, 
You know, one of the things I've been saying to people when I'm speaking is this, stop watching the news. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's only so much we can do, uh, and, and it's not to diminish the power that we do have to change things, especially if you're, again, if you're in a culture society where you can participate in a vote. Uh, that's certainly the least we can do. Uh, that's certainly the least we can do to show our appreciation for where we are. And that level of participation is important. However, none of us are going to change the price of oil, at least not tomorrow, right? Yes. So, you know, if you constantly, if you constantly inundate yourself with the news, the price of oil is going up, the price of oil, well, duh. <laughs> you know? And when we turn on the TV tomorrow, it's going to say the same thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. So we've got to really roll back. You know, what can I do? Well, I can drive a little less this week. Uh, I can start to encourage alternative fuels if that's my thing. There are a lot of things I can do. Uh, I can just look at how to refocus my own business and how to refocus my own energy so that I can I can go forward. If I'm working in a job, I can look at how I can do my job better. These are all things that are in, within my control. Uh, the price of a barrel of oil is well outside my area of control. <laughs> Jim, like a lot of martial artists, um, there comes a point in your career and your life where you do tend to go to this, uh, I'm going to the area of mind and spirit now. Sure. And do you feel that this is where a lot of people seem to be a little bit out of focus at the moment? Is it, is it I mean, you know, irrespective of what brand of religion you want right. to go down, you, it is important to have something guiding you, isn't it? Well, not only that, people are really searching for that, aren't they? And you can see that in the, you know, in the great resurgence of self-help books. And a little aside there, I'd like to remind folks that, uh, you know, self-help is often gotten a bad reputation lately well just remember the word self in there a book a speaker you know i'd love people to, to to buy my book so i can share my ideas with them but the book isn't going to do anything you know it, it's your application of those ideas yeah. taking the ones that work for you i'm not saying all my ideas are right for everybody but there's certainly they're they're my personal expression they're the things that work for me uh, there's so much out there that it really is our own responsibility to go out there and find that and then access the information we need. Uh, but the emotional and spiritual side, yeah, is so important. To really feel successful, I feel you need to be, you need to have abundance. You need to have enough in three areas of life. Certainly material, spiritual, and emotional. Now, how much is enough is an individual choice, right? Uh, you know, when I told the story about when I lived, I was a musician and traveling in a van, and I had no money at the time. And I would, you know, I told this, I tell this story quite often in my talks. And one woman a few weeks ago, she said, that sounds like a really tough time. I said, you know, I don't remember it that way. I remember pulling into, you know, driving all night to go to another show, pulling into a parking lot near a beach, opening the doors and seeing the sunrise. I said, you know, those are the types of experiences, beautiful experiences. Yes. Uh, that's what you take away from something like that. But that, st that strikes a chord more in the emotional and the spiritual side, doesn't it? It does. Uh, Jim, there was a period in the early 80s when yeah. uh, we had, in Britain now, not Spain, um, we had Margaret Thatcher and her friendship with uh, Ronald Reagan. Okay. And around that time, they seemed to be getting a lot of their philosophy from... There were two books in particular. One was by Thomas Carlyle, Mm -hmm. I don't remember the title of that one, but there was a book called Self-Help, and I think the author was Samuel Smiles. Hmm. Now, I wonder how much of uh, the sort of books that have all come around the late 70s, early 80s, and onwards, 
Um, have, are those two names that uh, are familiar to you? No, they're not. But you know, there's so many books. Uh, some people dismiss them because the, the language may be a little arcane, or some of the uh, some of the stories may be a little dated. But there's so many great resources, and you know, I point to one that is just—it's the classic that started the whole movement, really. And that's Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yes, I read that one. <laughs> oh, and even the name is a little off-putting sometimes yes. to the modern ear, right? Yes. You know, that is one of the most practical, functional works of philosophy you're ever going to find. And, I, you know, I'd almost rate it with some of the, some of the great works that influenced me, uh, the, the sutras of the Buddha, uh, certainly the scriptures. You know, when you read these great works from the teachers like Jesus, and the Buddha, and these people that talked about peace and harmony and gave really a practical system for living your life constructively. Yes. And that's what's sometimes lost in the translation or it's lost by people trying to control the, the traditions, huh? Yeah, and I think the, the word that you used there was very, very um, evident to me, structure. It, it's people are losing structure, aren't they? Exactly. That's why the component of discipline is so important, you know. Uh, I think if there's if there's one component that people ask me to work on the most, it's that it's the component of discipline. Focus would be a close second. A lot of times people come to me and say, "I'm not very disciplined. Uh, I, I have difficulty with focus." Well, you know, success is, is simple. It's not easy. Just and again, it's the same thing in martial arts. To earn a black belt is very simple. The secret is practice. Yes. And you've got to keep practicing over time, and you've got to practice mindfully, but certainly we can reduce it to that. Life is the same way, isn't it? It's about practice, and that's what these great teachers all expressed in, in one way or another. And again, as you're tapping into, uh, there's no shortage out there of these resources. So for anybody to say, I'm, I, I'm a little bit blunt, I hope you don't mind. No, you can't. But, but for anybody to say, you know, I, I really, I, I can understand what someone's saying, I don't know where I'm going right now. We all go through that from time to time. But for someone to say, hey, you know what, I, I just don't want to, well, then it's up to you. You know, you've really got to take, pers I know these are filthy words these days, but personal responsibility for where you're going and the direction you, you're going to bring your life to. And part of that, the, probably the most important part is to access the information. You know, some folks say knowledge is power. And in the first chapter of, of my book, I talk about the five lies about power. And one of the lies is this. Money is power. And you can substitute knowledge as well. Fame. These things in, them, in and of themselves are not power, but they're great resources to help us develop and cultivate power. And here's why I say it. Aren't there very intelligent and rich people who are not powerful? Yes. You see, they lack the capacity to perform or act effectively. And there are a lot of people who are well, they're not the brightest bulbs in the pack, and yet they may have a lot of money, and you know they're just they, they've got a lot of power. Yeah. So it's interesting how that paradigm works, but it is essential for us to develop ourselves. We need to gain knowledge. That's a wonderful, powerful resource. So even when we're lacking in financial resources, and that goes back to the, the idea of a recession again. Sometimes in the worst financial situations that I've been in, that's where I develop the energy to go out and learn and develop myself. That's certainly where this book came from. I, I wasn't, <laughs> believe me, I wasn't wealthy when I started to write this book. Jim, I think the least we need to do now is to point people towards where they can look at the book and, and buy it if they wish, and obviously um, a, a quick word about your group that you have. Oh, thanks very much. 
Yeah, uh, you can get dynamic components of personal power on my website. You can order it directly. In fact, I've got a special right now. Um, it is a little bit more for folks that are overseas because the shipping is different. Yeah. But if you order direct, uh, if you're overseas, please email me, Jim, J-I-M, at jimbouchard.org. And you can order directly from the website, jimbouchard.org. And if it's easier, what I'm doing with that is a, a special, and I'll sign the book and personalize it. If you'd like to just get it on its way to you, you can certainly order from Amazon.com, uh, from Borders.com. And on the website, you'll see links for the ebook version. There's a Moby Pocket ebook and Amazon Kindle for people that are into that. That's a pretty fantastic way to get to get uh, books around these days. Yes. And yes, the group. There's two groups actually. You can come on my Facebook site, and we have the Dynamic Components of Personal Power group. And directly on my website, there's a subscription area that's called Power Group. And if you're really interested in working on these on these components to gain power in your life and apply them to, you know, to really create the life you want, that's a good place to start. That's called Power Group. And again, that's on jimbouchard.org, B-O-U-C-H-A-R-D, for the folks who aren't in the French-speaking countries. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, uh, tell us exactly where you're based and uh, what's life like. Uh, it's Maine, isn't it? Life is wonderful here. Absolutely. The weather's beautiful today. It's, it's nice. Uh, I'm very happy because we, I know we've talked a little bit about religion. I never told you what my true religion is. Well, I never asked you unless... I, I always wait to see whether or not somebody would like to tell me. <laughs> I will. I'm a football player. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice one, Jim. Yeah, at 47 years old. And, and someone just emailed me earlier this morning. Uh, I believe she's from London. And she said, of course you're talking about real football, not American football. <laughs> <laughs> What did you, did you say to that? No, I, I said, in the in interest of world peace, I will say, it's American football. <laughs> well, I've got to tell you, Jim. This season's starting, so I, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm going to go out and work out later this afternoon, and I have a great time with that. Well, we've just had an amazing week here in Spain, because uh, for many years, Spain has not really achieved... They've always been quite good, but not the greatest, and uh, we've just come back and won the European uh, Cup, which has right, been right. for the nation. I tell you, what a lift for everybody. It's been absolutely wonderful. Isn't that true? I mean, people that aren't into sports don't understand the emotional... And, and you know, that's one of the places you can draw emotional resources. Yes. By participating in, in something like that, or music, or, or just a group of friends. Any place where you can gain access to that type of energy. Well, Jim, I've certainly enjoyed reading your book. And, um, obviously, thank you very much indeed for the time you've given us today. Uh, what time is it there, by the way? It's about 9 o'clock. Okay, so what's ahead for today? Actually, I've got a full day of meetings. I'm supposed to be on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. There you go. Jim, we're going to keep in touch. And obviously, um, as I say, thank you very much indeed for your time. And uh, we'll speak again at some time in the future. Vince, thank you so much. My pleasure, Jim. All the best. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jim Bouchard, spelled B-O-U-C-H-A-R-D. If you just put that into a browser, you'll find his website, and I think you'll find it very interesting. You're the getaway car, you're the light. When I go too far, you're the swimming pool. I'm a modesty, and you're the perfect thing to say. And you play a coat, but it's kind of cute. Oh, when you smile at me, you know exactly what you do. Baby, don't pretend that you don't know it's true. Cause you can see it when I look at you. And in this crazy life, and through these crazy 
When he comes back, let's have a little look at the time then. 2.53, your time check. Now, this looks interesting. We'll have a look at this. It's Run Rigger. Uh, Run Rig and uh, let's see what this is called. This is called Half Hammer. Let's see what it sounds like.
time for one more, and then I think it's time for a cup of coffee. Have you enjoyed Jim Bouchard? I think you will enjoy the website and uh, hit uh, www.jimbouchard.org. and Kathy Humphreys, of course. And we'll have the big trivia game. And I'll see you at 11 o'clock. Pauline's got the great debate on tomorrow, so uh, tune in for that at 11. And on the 4th of July, which is, of course, Independence Day for any Americans, uh, it is the grand draw here as well. So that's uh, tickets to Aqualandia and Mundabar on offer. And, of course, on my show, tickets to that lovely Russian restaurant, Dolcena. Guests next week on Monday, David Garrick, who you have a hit with Mrs. Appleby, and Fred Wedlock on Wednesday, the oldest swinger in town. Ray O'Brien back on Friday, will be in the studio Friday and Monday. Okay, if we go then, Paul Freeman, of course, on the way in. But first, the local and regional news. Local news is brought to you by Fermentos Benidorm in Alfardel.